0: Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 79 with Leah Fellows. And this episode is all about the world of handling online leads and turning those leads into appointments. So talk about the role of the online sales counselor, uh, but we also talk about the mindset difference, the skill set difference of this type of a role versus somebody that's actually closing the deals. And if you can nail this, you can create a ton of opportunity for your business. Uh, So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Again, sit back and enjoy episode 79 with Leah Fellows. Hey, Leah, glad to have you on the show today.
1: Oh, Spencer, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited uh, to talk about the world of online sales today, but... uh, Interestingly enough, we could have probably done this in person because you're just up the road in uh, in Castle Rock about 45 minutes away from us.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm a little further than Castle Rock. Uh, Castle Rock would probably be our midpoint because I'm okay. up in northern Denver. So.
0: Oh, north Denver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe we should have met in Castle Rock <laughs> to record. but uh, <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: it's nice and warm in our offices, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're getting some snow here today. So it's nice yeah. to be inside. Um but yeah today we're going to dive into the world of online sales but uh you know how did you get into this whole world kind of give us a little bit of your background on um why this became something you're so passionate about
1: Well it's kind of funny because I did fall into it by accident about almost 14 years ago 13 years ago Um I actually for 13 years prior to working in the building industry I was a sailboat captain a dive instructor and um and a vagabond, I used to backpack around the <laughs> world. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't really take those skill sets and say, oh, online sales counselor or online sales trainer. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: the, the dots aren't super uh, connected at least.
1: <laughs> uh, but but when I, um, I actually injured my shoulder, moved ashore, and started working in a model home as an assistant and did that for a year. It was back in 2006 when the market wasn't exactly the best. Yeah. And um. I started interviewing with a builder in Virginia beach and the phones were ringing off the hook. The, the manager that was interviewing me said we just recently lost our online sales counselor. And I went, Oh, what's an online sales counselor. Um, So she told me all about it. And I said, well, why, why don't you hire me? Not knowing that at that point in time, you know, I said hire me until you find somebody that is actually qualified. And I didn't realize back in 2006, only, builders who were adopting it early had it and they really didn't know what they had. So she thought about it for 24 hours, called me back, and I immediately sat down in front of a computer like days later and started trying to figure this all out. And I actually built their program from the ground up and started showing them results because I started tracking and showing them that I was setting appointments off their leads and turning those appointments into sales through the sales agents on site. And pretty much that's how my knowledge was born. So that was in 2007. Um, And back then in 2010, I started working remotely as an online sales counselor, instead of in a builder's office when I started Blue Gypsy Inc. And six years ago, I started training, because I found it that I was so passionate about it, helping people start this program up really um, was what I needed to be doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I I hear it so often uh, in these conversations, but we all just kind of fall into the industry somehow, you know, and so it sounds like yours was similar in that regard. But uh, one of the things I always hear when this topic comes up is, you know, internet leads are junk, you know, so what would you what would you say to that? Because I think there's this perception that, you know, people that are coming in off the website are just you know, they're tire kickers or they're not legitimate because they're not actually like standing in a model home. So yeah, what would you say to that?
1: Well, I, I would definitely disagree <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I think that here we are almost 2020 and everybody, almost 100% of people begin their search online for a new home. So they are shopping to eliminate you before they even walk into your model. So it's very important to have that website, which is the foundation of everything. Uh, It basically is your um, online model home. And that's where people are going to begin their search every time. Um, And it's important that you're doing everything you can to drive your traffic to that website and have calls to action once they get there. And and just like you wouldn't um, open your model home with light bulbs burnt down and clutter all over the desk, which you can't see my desk right now, (laughs) with clutter all over the desk or anything like that, you need to set up your website to be able to help someone quickly move through it and find the information they want. And so if you're getting an internet lead, if you're getting an online lead, that's gold. That's gold. It's way better than lock in traffic into your model.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I mean, something I talk about too is just the spectrum from sales to marketing, kind of start of the research process to the finish. You know, the old model was people would become aware of something they need, you know, oh, I need to buy a home or I want to buy a home. And then they'd get maybe a little bit of information, but then we pretty much had to go to the salesperson to get all the information. But today, everything's online. So they can get. of the way there, 90% of the way there. And that's just speaking to what you said, whereas they're coming to your website because they want to get to know everything they can before they make it to the model. So um, yeah, I I like that. And I guess in thinking about this role of somebody that's going to be handling online leads and taking those in, I guess, uh, what's the overall philosophy or approach that somebody in this type of role should be taking when somebody fills out a form on the website and then you know you start to to interact with that that person.
1: So so well the first thing is about it's I, I feel like it's speed, it's being personal and it's uh it's really taking control and wanting to build relationships. So you need to be fast because everybody wants everything so quickly now that if you're not responding within five minutes or less that lead is already becoming quote unquote aged, you know, the longer you wait, the less likely you are to get a response. So the person who's an online sales counselor needs to have that speed in mind and have follow-up as their top priority above everything else they do. But it's not just, um, following up and having some sort of canned follow-up. It's about personalized responses and trying to, um, instill in those people that are inquiring that you are a human and you're there to help and you aren't there to sell them anything. You're there to figure out what they're looking for and figure out how, how that might fit in with what you have to offer. So you really need someone that's all about discovery and can create quick, warm relationships with people and Understand that they might be in it for the long haul, because though you might get an inquiry on day one, it could take 30, 60, 90 days, it can take years sometimes Mm -hmm. to actually finally get that person in the door. So you're, you're in it for the long haul, basically, when you're an online sales counselor. Whereas on site, a site agent is much more, I recently had one of my clients say, you eat what you kill, you hunt, (laughs) you know, you're a hunter, you eat what you kill. And that's a sales mind. And you almost have more of a therapy mind as an online sales. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I'm glad you mentioned speed too, because I've seen some data that's just, even if you wait five minutes that can decrease the chance of you actually connecting with that person in the moment. And if you, if you get yeah. them like, you know, right away, you've got, that's the best is Like within that first 30, 60 seconds, which is crazy, right?
1: I can't remember where I read it, but recently I read something online that if you respond in a minute or less, you're 261 or 264 times more likely to turn that lead into a conversation in a sale Whereas if you wait five minutes, you're a hundred times more likely, right? Yeah. So it like drops, it's less than half by the time you wait five minutes. I mean, right. back when I started, we're like, oh, if you get back to them in four hours or less, <laughs> you're good. You can wait 24 hours on the weekend. You know, you can't. Your online sales counselor has to be truly addicted to their phone, has to want to be on that all the time and answering those immediately, no matter where they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you kind of mentioned one of the other differences between that role and maybe somebody that's, you know, closing the deal uh, is just kind of that like nurturing mentality versus the, I'm going to try to get this to the finish line. Are there, what other traits do you see as main differences, you know, between those two roles? Because they are, they're at different stages of the, the journey that that buyer goes through, but they're also just different skill sets required.
1: Yeah. So, I think that other things, you know, they want to dig. They want to ask the right questions. They're great listeners. All salespeople are great listeners. I mean, I'm not negating that. Sure. You really are putting your listening skills. And because a lot of your interactions are either via email or over the phone, you really do have to mirror what, especially over the phone, what you're getting from the person. So there's that sales mirroring and you have to, almost set them at ease. You hear one little thing that you can relate to and you make, make a mention of that to help build that relationship and move it forward. So, so you do, you are nurturing, like you said, it's a very lead nurturing system and it's very um, it's persistent too, because you may not receive a response your first time out of the gate. And that's the difference between an agent who has someone in front of them and Mm -hmm. someone that walks to the door and a lead that you get online. And so you need a system, a follow-up system that's persistent, consistent, and it mixes things up between different ways to touch them, different touch points. And if you drop off, and I've seen it all too often when I shop builders, when I shop builders who even have online sales counselors, if you drop off just after you've made your first phone call or email you're not giving it a shot. It's it's kind of like that first date mentality. I, I, I used to do internet dating. In fact, that's <laughs> why I met my husband. And I used to tell other people that did internet dating, you can't go into that first date saying, this is going to be the one, or you're going to be de- disappointed every single time. Totally. So you have to go in with, hey, we're building a relationship. What do we have in common? Let me give it a couple of tries because that person. And had I like not met my husband, if I had said after the very first like hour I met him, Oh, forget it. This one's not going to work, which is kind of where I was with that. I wouldn't be where I am today and have a wonderful life with him. So it's the same thing with nurturing those leads. You've got to give it time. You have to keep on going and keep on trying to get them to respond and see what you can gather little by little so that you can get that appointment.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, the role, this role that we're talking about is typically called like an online sales counselor or some variation of that, but it's almost like, they're kind of the online helper educator, you know, because they're really, I mean, the end goal is to set those appointments, but you do that by just being present as a part of that person going through that journey of, you know, figuring out the home that's going to be best for them, the area that's going to be best, you know, what kind of floor plan might fit their family and timeline. Like you're not going to force somebody to buy today if they're like thinking about it nine months from now, and that's kind of their timeline. So you just to your point, you want to stick with them and be persistent throughout that that journey. Otherwise, uh, yeah, then nine months from now, they're just going to go with whoever they find at that point, you know. And if you haven't been there through the journey, then you know who are you?
1: <laughs> exactly, and that's why it's so important that your follow up plan goes out far more than thirty days, far more than ninety days. Your follow up plan as an online sales counselor continues on for years. I remember when I first started in the industry. I saw lead conversions on leads that came in my first year happening in my third year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think, oh, my goodness. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you have to create a customized follow-up plan. When someone tells you they're not going to be buying for the next couple years, but they're just starting to look, it's still a lead. It's still a lead that you then say, great, well, do you mind if I follow up with you in six months and see where you are or that? And maybe you you send out a few little things in between, but you're not going to follow them with the same sort of consistency as someone that's maybe making a military move that needs to be in their house in 60 days. So Totally.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. And so how do you, how do you balance that? Because uh, you know, to your point, maybe we, we start at ground zero and then we fast forward two or three years and you've still got some leads in your system from that initial day one or month one. Mm-hmm. How do you keep up with the sheer volume of leads that are stacking up? Because over three years, you've got all the ones that came in yesterday and a month ago and two months ago and wow. uh, plus two years ago. <laughs>
1: First off, you've got to have a strong CRM system. I mean, that is one of the key tools that's important to all online sales counselors. You need to have a CRM system that allows you to partition your database, that allows you to create um, customized follow-up, to stop and start follow-up plans, you know, not to create everything manually, but with some of those longer-term um, follow-ups. You might create something manual. You may you need to be able to tag those leads. Like if you know someone was kicking tires or interested, and they're looking for a community with specific features, like swimming pools or dog parks or things like that, that you can tag those leads with those sort of ideas, and then. If you three years down the line have a community opening up as a builder where you're putting in amenities and dog parks, you can pull everyone in your database that ever mentioned the word dog park, right? And you can send out a specific email to them. And then your your online sales counselor can start looking at open rates. If you're doing an email blast, they can look at the links that someone is touching. And a lot of that comes through how Robust is your CRM system to allow you to see that. Um, some CRMs just skim the surface and don't allow you to see those details um, of what people are clicking. And I mean, yeah, if you're sending stuff out through a dedicated email marketing platform, you may see that. But you want it all within your same database.
0: Yeah, all that reality. makes
1: sense. So so you have a cadence that's different for different types of leads and that helps you manage it. And when a CRM system is well put together, you can group a certain type of lead and send that all out at once. And the key is to constantly groom through your database and see what do you have to personalize and what is still sort of a general lead. And I have a real attitude that you keep following up with that lead till they buy with you they buy somewhere else, or they tell you to go jump off a cliff, you know, you you have to keep your follow-up going because you never know when they, you don't know when they may finally respond. Yeah. Yeah. And I like
0: the example you use there of tagging their interests because then you can, to your point, personalize the follow-up and then it doesn't come across as being pushy because they get it and they're like, Oh, that person remembered, you know, they remembered what I was interested in. And so it's sounds like what you're saying is it's this balance of, uh, having a core CRM, but balance of automation and personalization and kind of oh, completely knowing when to. So would you say it's, uh, it sounds like it's part art, part science, but uh, have you found some kind of good rules of thumb that people should think about? Um, like, how do you know when to put it in a more automated bucket versus a more personalized bucket?
1: Well, you create, it's kind of in an automated bucket in the sense that you have a plan
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: until they start responding to you until they start giving you more data. And once they give you more data, then you have to be very careful that you're not sending your planned emails because you may send something that doesn't make sense anymore to them. And then they start realizing like, as long as you create those emails that plan with a very warm, personalized approach, and you don't do it in pretty colorful templates, I've been saying this for decades, like, (laughs) you know, as soon as the whole pretty colorful template comes out, they know. Everyone's yep. getting that,
0: yeah.
1: right? So it has to look like it's coming from your inbox, even though it may be coming through your CRM. Um, so it's, it's using things like that, but, but knowing when to take it off that automated plan or that automatic plan, and it's not automated in that it goes out without you ever looking at it. It's just that it pre-populates based on what you put in there, right? Um, I'm not a big fan of sending out automated emails just to cover your bases Um, because even a lot of times people's inboxes and the way that, that everything is set up, will read that as a, an email blast anyway. And sometimes, especially in Google, there's something called like um, what is it? Promotionals. They get put into the promotional bucket and then people never see it in their inbox. So, you know, and sometimes you have to say, you know, how am I going to see if that person responds? And it may mean coming out of your CRM and going into your Outlook and sending an email through your Outlook and see if for whatever reason, your CRM is sending things to their junk or their promotional or something other than their main inbox.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good tip. And in thinking about kind of this world of technology, you know, you mentioned CRM and you kind of started to talk about email, but what are kind of some of the core tech stack or tools that, you know, this role really needs at their disposal if they're going to be successful?
1: Well, so video email is definitely really up and coming. You're seeing much more, um, much more open rate on those. And a lot of the video email programs out there like BombBomb will show you the open rates. Um, I recently had an online sales counselor do what I like to call a revival campaign where she came in and all these older age leads, she sent out something and she sent video emails of those revival emails. She sent out, I believe it was 66 video emails individually to these people. Awesome. And she, um, 22 of those were open. So one third open rate. I mean, anybody can say, wow, that's amazing. And 18 of those were sent into appointments. Um, and oh. I, I know many, several of them actually converted to sales. So I, I don't know what the final sales were off of those 18, but some of them did. So having that technology, not being afraid to do video email, having a great video email program that you can use, that's one. So CRM, video email, and something like call rails, something where you can record calls for your training purposes, both for yourself. When, when online sales counselors are answering the phone, they may be in their car in rush hour traffic. They can't necessarily sit there and take notes. So having something that's gonna record that call that they can listen to later and get all the details allows them to be present in the phone call versus you know worrying about how am I gonna remember all of this? So having a phone calling program that you can utilize for those sorts of things is important um those are three of the main tools i mean you don't need a lot you just need the right tools you know yeah, I mean, yeah. You get to i think that all osc should have two screens you know
0: mm, for sure yeah um, they need almost everybody should have two screens today
1: <laughs> yeah I could, I could utilize like three you know
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. that's awesome yeah and i'm glad you mentioned the video email thing i'll definitely uh Give a shout out to my buddy Ethan over there at BombBomb. He's he's been on the show before, but uh, we typically will meet up at Chipotle. But yeah, I mean, he he talks a lot about, about the power of that. And I mean, what you described, that one example, you know, sending out 66 video emails, somebody might be listening going, well, that sounds like a lot of work, but yeah, booked 18 appointments. You know, I'm sure that you could knock out 66 of them over the course of a few days, just, you know, spend an hour and create a bunch of them and move on to the next thing. Calling all builders and remodelers, it's that time of year we're gathering data for our state of home builder and state of remodeler marketing reports. This will be the fourth annual state of builder marketing report and the second annual state of remodeler marketing report. Now in exchange for five minutes of your time, we're giving away a $200 gift card for the winner, but everyone is getting some sweet bonuses after the completion of the survey. And we're also making it super easy to participate this year, so just text survey to 33777 and we'll send you the survey link right away. Again, we're doing a $200 prize for the winner and everyone that completes the survey gets some bonuses. So just text survey to 33777 and we'll send you the link. It sounds like this role is very much, you know, they're in front of their screen or they're on their cell phone. How much um, are you seeing texting interaction moving into this role versus like straight phone call or email? Like if you had to put those in percentages?
1: Um, I do think that texting has a place. Definitely realtors use texting all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So texting definitely has a place. I don't think it's the first point of contact. I think, sure. you know, you really have to get per- all of our marketing is permission-based marketing, right? Yeah. But Now we need to come up with some idea of how do we get permission-based texting, you know, because I don't know why my phone, I get at least one or two texts a day from like crazy companies that I have never allowed (laughs) access and I can't get them to stop, you know? Really?
0: Yeah. I can't get them to
1: stop. There's no even stop. So I think being able to, when you utilize texting saying, hey, utilizing it coupled with Hey, I just sent you an email, or I just left you a voicemail message. I want to know if I can help you. Then I think that's an appropriate way to use texting versus just, you know, day one text. Hey, I just got your your form off of our website. You know, you know, you don't have a relationship yet, so yeah. I feel like it comes somewhere in that thirty day time frame, but not necessarily your first or second point of contact. If that if that helps.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, because it's when you get a text, you expect it to be friend, family member or a close connection. Right. Because, you know, it's it's kind of that last circle that uh, maybe hasn't been invaded by marketers. You know, they say marketers ruin everything. But uh, yeah, I, I think you make a good point. It's like, hey, make the initial connection. Maybe you chat with them on the phone or you exchange an email. And then down the road, you might try out a text to them personally and say, hey, just did you know sent you an email I like that kind of pairing it with that to see if they respond and say oh I'll check it later or thanks or something and yeah. then you know you're kind of in and uh, but if you can transition to text it's probably a much better response rate and you know better chance of getting
1: uh, oh, I connected think so. with I them. Think online sales counselors that are utilizing text properly are getting a great response rate from texting and it really is about pairing it up with an activity you've already done so yeah. that you're saying either respond to me here or give me a call or reply to my email, you know, let me know where you are so that I can help you. And you're always trying to say, look, I'm not here to bug you and I am a real person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like key. And I think that's part of why video email is so important because they can connect the person to the emails and the phone calls that they're getting. And they know it's not necessarily a robo call. I mean, you know, so th- th- those, those are very important.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so earlier, we kind of talked about the difference between the online sales counselor, and then the person, you know, the sales agent, somebody sitting in the model, I guess, um, you know, for somebody that maybe doesn't have this role, uh, can they kind of dip their toe into the water? Or do they have to kind of make the plunge and just say, no, I've got to have somebody dedicated to this? Like, can somebody do this and another role and kind of test it out?
1: So I think it all depends on the size of the builder. Okay, and I think when you are—it it depends on the size of the builder and your commitment to generating online leads.
0: Mm, those, sure, those
1: two things are very important because you may be a big builder and you're not generating online leads, and then you have no leads coming in, or you may be a smaller builder and be generating lots of online leads and you have no one that's really responding quickly. And when I say that, you know, when builders are utilizing, they're generating leads and sending them directly to their site agents, their site agents may be touring someone through the model. They may be writing a contract. They may be out walking a lot. So there's so many reasons why that lead then doesn't get attended to. So if you go back to our one minute or less, that's a Mm -hmm. problem. So if you're generating digital leads, And you're wanting to see ROI on that. You really should have an online sales counselor position. Now, if you're building, say, only 25 homes a year or less, yes, that person probably can wear several hats in your company, but they're not your site agent. They're not sitting on your site. They're not doing those sorts of things. They are, are maybe they're managing some of your social media or something that is not as immediate. Okay. So when you, and especially I've seen this a lot where really small builders, they have crossed their, their marketing person is also their online salesperson. And that marketing person is giving so much last minute stuff to do and they're creating. And usually they're mentally not as involved in wanting to be an online sales counselor as a marketer. So you have to be careful there too. Um, You know, you just, when you're looking at what an online sales counselor does, you should always be trying to move it into a, this is going to be your only role. um, Because of the importance of getting that top fast, constant follow up.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. um, It seems like if you're going to split the role, it would, it would definitely have to be an office function. And to your point, something that Uh, whatever they're working on can usually get punted so that if something comes in, they can immediately jump on the lead. But as you said, I mean, a lot of roles have important and urgent things, a part of them. So it becomes difficult as you split that role.
1: Yeah, it's hard because I I have some smaller builders I've worked with. Their online sales counselors have to take over the marketing and it's not always easy. And do they get they probably get the minimal percentage of, of um, ROI on that, like 20 to, 20, 20 to 25% of their leads are coming through their online sales. Whereas if they took everything off their plate and just made them online sales, they'd probably be seeing 35, 40 or more percent coming through their online sales. So it sense. just depends... And so as a small builder, you may want to try it that way and then ramp it up. It also depends on if you're looking at growth. Like I'm working with a builder right now. They are doing, they did about 40 homes this year, but they want to do closer to 100 um, next year. And so in putting that online sales role in place, it's perfect timing. It's going to create that perfect bridge between their online and on-site sales. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're going to see a huge rise.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you really need to make the commitment. But I mean, to your point, if you do, if you've got the lead flow, then suddenly all those opportunities, you were probably just losing them before. But now, you know, you can actually take advantage of them and, and set those appointments. So I, yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, so Leah, this has been awesome. I think for a lot of people that either don't have this role, I, I think it gave them a lot of, you know, I guess, tools or, or tips on implementing and why the role is so important. But uh, I guess before I get to the last few questions, how can people learn more about you and what you're up to or connect with you online?
1: Well, um, it, I do, Blue Gypsy Inc. is my company, so they can always find me at bluegypsyinc.com. Um, I'm very involved uh, in our local Home Builders Association in Denver. Uh, I'm actually the chair of the mentoring committee, which I'm pretty excited about with that cool. program. And I'm also involved in the professional women in building, um, on the national level. So I go to IBS every year. I will be at IBS. You're going to IBS, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll, so, we'll have to meet up there for sure. So
1: Anybody who wants to connect at IBS, um, I will be there. And I'm, I'm just always open to a conversation. I'm always open to talking to people and helping, um, doing a free consultation with someone who's trying to decide is this right for me right now. Um, I, I'm I'm more again like an online sales counselor. I <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll I'll help figure out what you need if it fits what you need. So
0: very um, cool. Well, yeah, we'll make sure to to link up the website in the show notes so everybody can uh, can hop over there easily. But uh, let's move on to our our last segment of the show. We call it the Fast Five. I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions and uh, you can just say what what comes to mind. So Mm -hmm. first one is what's your favorite business book and why?
1: Oh, one of my favorite business books is Who Moved My Cheese? It's an Mm. old one.
0: Yeah, classic one.
1: It's a classic one. It's probably back in this bookshelf somewhere. I loved Who Moved My Cheese because we always have to be um, thinking about what the next step is and you can't get comfortable and you can't get complacent. And I think that's really important in this whole digital world we live in. And it really applies to what we do. You've always got to be seeing what's going to be the next thing to help increase business and, and where do you need to move in order to be happy?
0: So. I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. Who is the most inspirational person in your life?
1: Uh, well, that that one, there's a there's a lot of great inspirational people in my life, but one of them has to be my dad. My dad is definitely one of my most inspirational mentors. He has um, owned his own business. He was in training as well. He did industrial training, and he mentors. Um, he used to mentor CEOs through through Vistage. Um, for many, many years, he had CEO groups. And now even in his 80s, he can't retire. He works for business incubators. He helps, you know, small businesses. And he's always been there for me. Whenever I got off a plane from somewhere exotic, he'd be handing me a disc test or a myers Brick or a <laughs> goal setting sheet or a five-year plan. So he's my inspiration.
0: I love it. That's awesome. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be?
1: A uh, superpower. I think ESP, because I want to know what people are thinking so I can help them better. You know, um. <laughs> you, you try through asking lots of questions, but if you knew what people were really thinking, you could get to the root of their issues and help them more.
0: That's true. Yeah. You could just jump right to the finish line there.
1: <laughs> well, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but gosh, no. sometimes people won't be honest with you and you want to help them. So
0: yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, describe yourself in three words.
1: Ooh, myself in three words. Motivated, um, inspired, and this isn't really a word, but it's belief in abundance. Mm. I don't know if that's I? I fully believe in abundance and that there's something out there for all of us.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. Final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice. What would that be?
1: It would be be open to change, and and be open to looking. Just just be open to reevaluating what you do and how you can do it better. Because we're all here to help people in the home building industry. That's what we're doing. We're helping people find the biggest purchase they'll ever ever make. So just be open and and yeah, I guess that's it.
0: Cool. Okay. yeah I like it no that's it's good being open to change I mean I think a lot of times we get stuck in our own little worlds and you are only exposed to certain things just by the nature of your own experiences and so being open to new ideas and new new things uh, i yeah. think that's that's great advice and leah thank you again for for joining me today this was awesome
1: okay Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And we will have to meet for coffee in Castle Rock or something.
0: Yeah, we'll make it happen. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Leah Fellows. Again, I'm really excited about this topic and passionate about it just as Leah is because with the internet, everybody does research online. And for some reason, whatever it is, when we get these internet leads, the tendency is to think they're junk. But when we do research, we go to websites, we fill out forms, and we look around. And a lot of times we look around for months, if not years, thinking about certain products or services, and those could be small purchases or big purchases and anywhere in between. And so if you think about it for your own business, there's going to be a lot of people that hit your website and they're just browsing around. So if they fill out some forms and they're looking for more information, you want to start to build that relationship so that six months 12 months, 24 months down the road, you've actually already built the relationship. So then when they actually schedule a call or come into a model, whatever that first step is in the quote unquote sales process, then you've already done a ton of foundational work and you've got a huge opportunity to close that deal. So I think uh, the big takeaway for me is to treat Online leads, uh, like Leah said, as gold. But just think about the approach that you're taking. It's not that classic sales approach, and so you want to start thinking about how can I set up some templates or some systems so that when I follow up with these leads, it's coming across as kind of a helpful uh, method rather than just "Hey, I'm trying to set a meeting" or moving on. And and recognize that it is a long journey. So. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, this is a super important topic, especially as we continue to move forward in time, more and more people do research online. So again, action item for today is think about how you're taking in those internet leads and how you're responding to them, not only in the moment, but on an ongoing basis. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.